Hello again, everyone. It is time for another episode of the Community Connection Show, the show that brings you positive stories and encouraging news as we interview top leaders in every sector of the community. And now, here is your host, national speaker and best-selling author, Ryan Sowers. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another Community Connections with Ryan Sowers. Super excited to have my good friend and my colleague, Coach Dom, Coach Dom Martelli, with us today. Everybody knows Coach Dom. How are you doing, sir? Great, Ryan. I'm, I'm really doing well. It's uh, the end of the week here at uh, uh, Pinecrest Academy and uh, getting excited for some uh, ECNL games this weekend. So uh, the best of both worlds, right? Great absolutely. Life. No, absolutely. We were just talking about that. All kinds of things going on. I'm not even going to say it, Dom, because if you've ever seen any of my shows, I have a common theme of some technology issues. So it takes a village to, to get these shows. Uh, uh, but why don't you tell us, so, you have so many relationships, Dom, why I wanted to have you on. You're the ultimate community guy, family guy, relationship builder. I don't know anybody anywhere that doesn't know, Dom, you know, and, and, and that's my ultimate compliment. Um, about your background, you know, maybe where you grew up and, and what brought you to Atlanta. And I know soccer is a big part of your life and so forth. But yeah turn the floor over you so you can introduce yourself to people who may not even know who you are. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I'm from New York, uh, upstate New York near West Point. Uh, Newburgh, New York is the larger town where, where I grew up. Uh, it was a great uh, area. Had a lot of family relatives in Westchester County, uh, mostly in White Plains, uh, in, in and around uh, that city. Uh, my family came from Italy. So my, my parents both came in their, their late teens. Uh, they met a couple of years later uh, before my dad went to college, and uh, they basically were college sweethearts uh, and eventually you know, got married and moved up into that area of, of, of New York. Um, soccer was a big part of our lives uh, between my, my dad being a very good soccer player himself and an eventual high school and college coach and my uncles, my cousins, myself. Um, soccer was in our blood. Uh, and, and when you go to college, you don't know if that's what you want to do. If you're going to be an educator, you're going to be a coach. And I was, I had the, the fortunate opportunity to play in college. Uh, I went to the Ohio state university, The Ohio state. Yeah. To make sure we get that uh, across. I had a great four years. Uh, wasn't that, you know, I played every single minute or, or played all four years in the way where I played in the beginning, but it was a great experience, and and in the eighties, in the mid eighties, we all wanted to graduate and be a yuppie, right? That was the <laughs> the business term, you know, company car, eventual car phones, suitcases that you carried with the phone in it, and briefcases, and eventually that turned into where I needed to be in education. I needed to coach. Um, I received my master's at Mount Saint Mary College in in, in upstate New York, and uh, started uh, being an assistant at West Point. Uh, that turned in a year or two later where I was teaching at West Point uh, and working in the Center for Enhanced Performance, uh, where we had a lot of uh, coaches, assistant coaches within the athletic department work there. And then that became a full-time scenario when Army um, still did not have a full-time assistant coach. Uh, about the time it became a full-time assistant coach, I was starting to look for head coaching jobs. And the opportunity came where I went to Georgia State University here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, moved down. I, again, fortunate to have some family here um, and, and some cousins eventually. And, and then my, my brother was able to follow me down um, and, and moved into Gwinnett County. And when you talk about that opportunity uh, to live in a wonderful uh, city of Lawrenceville and, and uh, work in Atlanta, 
Um, I was recruited by Georgia Gwinnett College 12 years later. So I was the head coach of Georgia State for 12 years. And that school was booming and growing. And it happened to be the president, which uh, General Kaufman uh, is one of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet. And he built that college. Uh, he eventually became the the board of, uh, oh, sorry, the um, Chamber of Commerce, Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce director uh, or president, whatever the title is. Uh, and now he's officially retired, retired. Um, so that was a great experience starting the program from the ground up. Uh, so when you, when you are involved in Atlanta soccer, the community is a small world. Um, I tried to be uh, that person, just like where I grew up in New York, you knew the, the restaurant owners, you knew the carpenter, you knew the, the people at the grocery stores. Gwinnett was booming and growing so much, but the soccer community, believe it or not, as big as it is, it still was a big family between the different major clubs. You knew the coaches, you knew the directors, you can help them. So even before I got involved in club soccer, I was friends with all of those people and you start meeting families and you start helping kids. And I have to tell you, Ryan, I mean, even my 12 years and then three and a half years at Georgia Gwinnett, even if those kids were not coming to play for me at my colleges and my universities, I was still helping them go to where their dreams were and where they would want to be. Um, because that's the ultimate, right? That the, the best four years in your and I case, probably eight years of college, right? Um, the best four <laughs> years of college, uh, the best four years of someone's life is probably their college years. So I take it upon myself to really try to help the kids go to where they're going to have the, the best experience, both on and off the field, in and out of the classroom. Um, and by doing that, I meet a lot of families, right? Or I, I get connected with a lot of families. And I think what I enjoy about listening to you and, and, and your shows, and you are still trying to keep that small town vibe and that community of, well, you know, go support this florist or let me bring in this delicatessen and let's talk to this restaurant owner and then this business. And, and, and to me, that's how I grew up. You knew everyone. So yes, if, if the outlet in the, in the garage, you know, the fuse, you know, blew, you knew the electrician or you can call someone. And as much as Gwinnett is what, almost a million people, yeah, and, million people. and you know, Metro, <laughs> Metro Atlanta is, you know, over 5 million people and Forsyth County, which is you know, where I teach and, 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 and almost coach sometimes it's growing and, and you don't want to lose that. So uh, my nickname in amongst the soccer community is the governor of Atlanta. And I'm not, <laughs> using, I'm not doing that as a, as a, you know, an arrogant piece, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a fictitious term because you are a mayor of Atlanta or a governor of Georgia. So I'm that person who let me help connect you. Let me help uh, people, you know, find their way. And if it's soccer, if it's not soccer, I'm going to, uh, you know, be involved in, I, I might not know everybody's name, Ryan. So when you do, I know. you know, I, I, I know. do sometimes, you know, Hey, Mr. <laughs> blah, 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 you know, and, uh, and you know, it gets, it gets, it, it you know, gets me by, right. I, I do that. So we, uh, I talked a little <clears> bit. No, you, you, I was saying before you went on, uh, you know, it, it's almost like the old, we're dating ourselves here. Uh, cheers, you know, with Norm, yeah. when you walk in the doors, like Dom, but, but, you know, Dom, I've seen firsthand. I want to, you know, for our audience, you have helped kids, including one of my kids and many, 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 many others to even go the extra mile. And like you said, other clubs, you, you go so far beyond the extra mile. I want people to know it's not you just, you talk about it, you live it, you do it, but I do do it because you care. And, um, 
you know, you guide him the right direction. It's not just, Hey, you know, let's send you anywhere. Uh, you know, you, you, you have a vested interest in people. And when you talk about that community connection show, when I launched this show right at the beginning of the pandemic, I realized, man, we have so many people that, like you said, that don't know. And I feel like I'm not kind of do that a little bit too. Say, you need to talk to so-and-so, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I haven't gotten tagged the governor. I, I, I'm still working <laughs> on the technology, but no, well, so, it, but remind me, cause you're, cause speaking of the business, we got to talk about your parents' business. They still have a soccer shop um, up at, is it New York? Yeah. So I, I kind of left that out. So when I was transitioning from that yuppie corporate world and getting my master's, we were actually going to try to open up a bridal shop. Because okay. my mom's background was in the bridal industry and 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 seamstress and and sales and but again the economy in the early nineties you were kind of risking because it's a little bit more high high ticket high sticker and not as much revenue not as much generating so my uncle had a wonderful soccer store in in northern New Jersey that he opened in the mid eighties and we said okay we can kind of do a part time we'll see what it is my dad's name in the area was very well known eventually it helped me kind of boosted. And so I opened the store in 1991. Uh, so when you look at it, it's 30 years, this That's April right. will be 31 years old. Wow. And yeah, it, it, the first years of the early 2000s, after the store being open for 10 years, I moved down here. Uh, so I had to fly back up, do orders. Um, but then my dad eventually finally finished coaching and finally finished teaching. Um, at, when he was at West Point, he, he was a teacher uh, many, many years before that. And uh, he kind of evolved into the store and, you know, you do a lot of things initially on its own, but the store has been doing great and talk about the pandemic. I mean, they, they weren't allowed to be open for so long and still to this day, you know, there's a line outside our store for youth soccer because only one family, one customer is allowed into the store. Yeah. Uh, I remember so. seeing, I remember seeing online and I don't know if you know this, uh, seeing that online. Um, I didn't realize your personal involvement in getting it going. So that's interesting for me, but yeah, yeah that's doing- basically what it was. Yeah. It was, you know, and Sal, my brother was kind of finishing high school and getting into college. So of course he always helped and did things and, uh, holidays, shout out to Sal. yeah, a little shout out to Sal, a little, you know, holidays and, you know, but he's not a very good worker. Right. So we nah. could really push him. Nah. Uh, to do stuff for him to carry boxes and he, he was at the gym stuff. yeah yeah he was he was doing that and he was standing out and talking to everybody you know everybody thinks i'm the talker right but I was well, you put one. you put us three in the same room there ain't any more there ain't any more oxygen no i'm just kidding but no so you um yeah you know dom i think that's what i i you know what that is right at a million people but it's funny i was telling my wife just the other day someone was calling me and they were kind of i don't know what a little bit of uh, saying how many people they knew and they weren't saying it this way, but every time they got to say, you know, I could connect you with them. I'm like, I went to high school with them or I did this or they're a friend of mine. And, and it just shows you, I think for our audience, it's a big world and it's a small world still at the same time. So I'm sure you've come across people in your life that do things that you wouldn't do and you wouldn't recommend other people to right. them. You sure. don't have to speak badly about them, but you can point blank. No. And I've seen in my career, people that have burned bridges or, or people that are amazing. But I have a long-term memory of, you know, this is someone I trust. We all make mistakes. And this is someone, uh, you know, I don't know about that. And I don't have to say anything bad about it. It's just here's where I would go. And I know you guide kids and adults and and teaching and coaching kind of goes like this. And what's your thought, Dom, on this isn't a club thing. This isn't an Atlanta thing. This isn't a soccer thing. What's your concern, though, as an educator? Because I'm working on my dissertation in leadership about burnout. And any activity it could be baseball, 
It could be soccer about the kids today versus 20 years ago. And these kids that get do all this training, become a junior and go, I'm sick of this. Mm -hmm. You know, you see that. And I think, you know, when, you know, shout out to your background of being in Gwinnett. um, I love to listen to stories of where we were back then. So uh, we had a great baseball coach at Georgia state and we, we, we'd sit down at different barbecues, you know, certain times of the year. And he'd be like, Dom, you know, we never left 285. Like right. if you went to Stone Mountain or you went up to uh, Norcross, you know, it was um, like a big family trip. Oh yeah. And it was nothing out there. So for me to, to hear you, uh, you grew up here, you went to high school with this person, you saw what this school district was like and, and that's where the change is. And that's why I'm kind of talking about this. You played multiple sports. Yes. You, in your high school, you did play one or two or three uh, different uh, sports. And if you weren't, you were in two clubs and yep, played man. that sport. Yep. You were in theater. You were in the band. Um, you played Little League Baseball. You played summer soccer. You played CYO basketball. And we call it CYO basketball up north. But you played a little bit of your your local basketball because that's what we did. And did we have any external uh, distractions where we didn't go to practice? No, we, we had three channels on our TV. We <laughs> didn't have a computer. We didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have, you know, our street lights were our alarm to go home and have dinner when they came on. And again, we can all say everybody talks about these stories, but they're true. It's yeah, what we did. So when we look now at travel baseball, travel soccer, travel basketball, I'm even more shocked at the amount of time and effort that high school sports are demanding from our kids. Uh, I see the, the and, and I'll call them the, the, the 7A powerhouses, right? The, the schools with the large populations. Their seasons for one sport is an entire year. Yep. Basketball yep. plays all summer. Yep. And then yep. they have a, a mid-October, if not earlier, start date. And they go until March. Where can a kid play another sport? Where can a kid? And then you have, you know, a sport like soccer where we're, we're asking our kids to um, practice three to four times a week and have these games on the weekends. Now, I understand there's time in certain times of the year where there is that break or not a break, but somewhere common sense has to prevail. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a good football friend of mine at Ohio State, I, he played in the NFL as a tight end you know, as a, as a reserve player, right? He wasn't a big name. Sure. He didn't even play football until he was a sophomore in, in high school, you know, and he's an NFL player. And you can get those stories many, many times. I believe in balance. I do believe in multiple sports, but there's a time and a place where because your main sport, if you're good at it, demands so much, you are losing out on playing another sport. Swimming is, is popular in, in Atlanta. Metro Atlanta with all these summer leagues and swimming and a kid can't do that along with some of their high level sports. And I'm not saying if you don't want to be a high level sport, you should only play a high level. If you don't play multiple sports, but the burnout piece is more of the time. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of time. It's not the effort and the level and the, and the demand on that. It's time, 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 because you and I grew up, and if we had to go play baseball, we literally could maybe ride our bikes to yeah. or we could. And I and you and I have talked from your oldest, the time in a car oh, yeah. to practice is the time that I think none of us growing up ever did. You know, and I, that's why I started. 
if you went outside the perimeter, it was a family trip. Mm -hmm. For you to go from where you live now to where your kids play or some other people go to, that's like was a family trip back in the day. And that's three times a week now for practice. And more yeah. For yeah. And it's, it's people hear me talk about this and, and they, they want to go, Oh, you have daughters that played soccer. This isn't just a soccer thing. It's no. something in the last 15, 20 years. I know friends of mine uh, that, you know, think about the injury rates. We have all the doctors and, you know, we can fix ACLs and pitchers yeah. and baseball blow up their elbow. But, but if it's, if you step back and take a, you know, take a look, you know, 30,000 foot view. My thing is we've gotten into the keep up with the Joneses like back in the day. And right. it's like, well, we got to do extra and we got to do this. We got to do that. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm already seeing it with my, one of my kids, you go to college, coaches change, people change. They're going to play who, who, who's the best fit for them. Right. And so you kind of got to ask yourself, why are we doing what we're doing? Um, and it's not to suggest you and I are older and we have the can remember those stories where I tell people there's no answer machine. There's no find my friends. There's no social media. There's, right. you know, and then the technology is wonderful. Like what we're doing today. But I, I think when we can't have a conversation and we get, maybe get so caught up and getting, you know, our four-year-old, you know, on the most advanced team in the planet. And we're like, well, why, you know, they gotta, they gotta learn to ultimately want them to be productive adults in society. They're never going to play their sport forever. You know, and, and, uh, like you said, your friend in Ohio state, a lot of people have told me like those guys that it was the lack, I guess I should say that the injuries didn't occur because they didn't overuse certain muscles so many times. Is that yeah. fair? I think that's, that's spot on. And, or if you're enjoying it at a certain level, an example, if you are playing multiple sports, but common sense is prevailing, you are developing your muscles. You are getting stronger, but you're not overdoing any of them. Yes. And in our case, we're, let's say I want to play two sports or three sports. That one sport is, is basically all my body can handle because it is not smart. It is over the top. It's too, and then I'm suffering in my other two sports. Now my body can't take it. And now somewhere it's going to get injured. Well, I, know um, so, I know some of these athletes, Dom, and, and I even have kids doing this now. They're practicing four nights a week. And then they're doing weight training and, and running in school on top mm -hmm. of practice, on top of games. Well, then somebody blows their knee out or they're up and they go, wow, how'd that happen? Well, it's, it's not, I just think we see more of it, but you can, your body can only handle so much, whether yes. you're older or younger or whatever. You're exactly right. And, and something's going to give And you know, I'm been a proponent of balance since I was at West Point because I saw the demand and the stress that a cadet goes through being at West Point, the balance there is, is very, very good but you're maxed out at every single part of their pie, right? The piece of their pies are all full and they're maxed out, but they're not over, right? Mm -hmm. So you get that, that happy balance, but they need that person performing at that perfect level. I look at our kids where, again, back to the sports in high school are asking their students to do so much outside of season or their student athletes. And then most of those students are playing at a high level outside of school. And now Oh, they have a test. Oh, they're in an AP class. Oh, they have to go write a paper. So I am always forgiving. Even as a college coach, someone has to go meet a professor as a, a group project. They got to leave practice early. If they feel comfortable telling me that, then I know I am doing them the right yes. favor to say, yes, go do that. Because I know there's a lot of coaches in this world. There's a lot of bosses in this world. There's a lot of people in this world who don't understand balance and they think 
their world is the only thing this kid should be doing. And, and the kids are scared to are. ask. The kids are, the parents are intimidated and it shouldn't be that way. That's where the communication should come because common sense is common sense. Now, if that same person is backing out and, and giving up and finding a way to find a loophole and not do, you can kind of read that pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. So that's now on the coach to help that student, that player work out of that because they can't do that the rest of their life. They got to, they got to own up for things and they got to be responsible and have that commitment. Yes. That there's all time and a place for all that. And, and honestly, you know, I got a call yesterday from my former athletic director who coaches in our club, who's now at another high school, who was a college coach himself. He's, you know, one, he, you know, he's a big time educator, all that. And he called me, Don, what's going on? I said, I'm almost getting tired of the lack of common sense yeah. that I have to work <laughs> with and deal with. Because I'm a communicator, you're a communicator, Ryan. Eventually, we're going to figure the right thing to do. If you, yeah. if you and I had to make tomato sauce, we I know I'm going to make eventually. it. You're going to make it your way. But guess what? I'm not going to tell you my way is the best way, even though it probably is. Yeah, probably. I'm not going to tell you. But we're going to figure out the best way for both of us. And that's what I'm tired. And, and how people want to communicate. You and I are friendly guys. If I'm going to yeah. send you a text, a question – you're not going to respond to me, Dom. Please uh, text or email me in a formal way in an email. Blah blah blah. The reason you're going to tell me to email you is because you'll probably forget to answer the text. So, yep. like me, I, I need the email to follow up. But that's the difference of the impersonal approach, people. And this is people that I've known for 20 years. Dom, I'll tell you. Let me jump in. My, my undergraduate major is communications, and then you know went on org, le org leadership, my master's, and then uh, done done with my doctoral classes and working on a, a dissertation on successful right. or failures in small business startups. And one of the things I see and I've known my whole life is is is, is right there communication. I write more emails to people, and, and Dom, I've gotten to the point I have to dummy it down. Like, is this good? Yes or no? Question mark. Because if I put two to three questions in an email, somebody says, yes, yes to which one? <laughs> I mean, or they don't, or I call them and it's something that has to be discussed on the phone. And they're like, yeah, I just prefer you send me this in an email. Right. And I'm like, or I have to send the email four times to get a response. Say, oh, I missed it. And, and I just think, you know, it goes back to the over, over commitment we're talking about with, with, with kids. Doing this kind of stuff is fun. And people enjoy it, but I don't know a person I talk to when you walk by, how are you doing? Like, man, I'm so buried. I'm slammed. I'm trying to catch up. I'm running ragged. And, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic. And I think I'm saying this myself too. We should take a step back and go, man, it's been almost 20 months of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're really focused on everything. You know, what really matters? And, you know, if someone sends you a message to your point or how give them the respect of replying properly and not just blowing it off or being flippant. Right. Um, I know like you were talking about your store that your, your parents have up there. I'm sure. And I know how they operate to this day. If someone calls me and whatever, I still call them back. Yeah. It might not be anything in it for me, but it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And they go, we're shocked. You called us back. And I'm like, when did that become a lost art? Right. Right. So, you know, it and, just, and, I, it's so important. And, and, and when you want to not answer your voicemails, when I, when I reach someone and it goes to voicemail, voicemails are full. Two things go to my head. They are real, real busy, or they don't want to do what we're used to doing, which is pick up the phone and talk to people. And it just goes to voicemail. And 
and I and I understand telemarketers and trying to sell you sure. anything. Literally, as you and I were finalizing this, you know, Penny Mac, and I'll say it out loud. I don't <laughs> care. You know, it, you know, is is your you know uh, mortgage, whatever, all that kind of. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm. I want to talk to you. I had no idea it was you calling. Um, it sounded like, hey, you live in coming and all that kind. Of, yes, but guess what? I'm going on to a you know a podcast interview Zoom. Call me back because I really want to talk to you. Okay, we'll see if he calls back. Right. Right. But but these other telemarketers take the they're putting a bad taste in everybody's mouth of trying to call people and say hi and and yes. You and I know if I, we don't know the number, we probably don't know that person. Usually everybody we know is somewhere in our Rolodex, right? You know, right. To take an old term. But, but, you know, if someone leaves a message for me about inquiring this legitimate person about, hey, we'd like information on XYZ, it doesn't matter if there's dollars involved or not. They're a human being who's asked a question. I want to guide in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have the answer for them, but. It's so funny, Dom, just how you do, you know, years later, you'll see that person in the grocery store and they're like, you know, I remember you took the time to help me. And it's, 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 it goes without saying what comes around goes around. And uh, that's how you're right. You and I will talk food to anyone. So we'll talk restaurants. We'll recommend, we'll do it. You'll talk businesses where you're from because you've been there so long and you know where someone can get the best. My wife asked me yesterday to go to get primer because we're doing some work in the kitchen. And she goes, I went to Home Depot and no one knew anything. And they sold me this. And I went to the little Ace Hardware guy down the street on the way home. And that's what I grew up with. But yep. the guy in it, and we start talking this. And, and what about that? And you guys do that. And hey, I need, I'm looking for this grill. And, and you know, it's about time. And, you know, I, I want to get the, you know, the flat iron, whatever they call it, the, you know, thing. He's like, oh, look at this. And look at, and my wife's like, I, if I knew you were going to take this long, I wouldn't have, I would have said, yeah, I would have went myself. And, and I'm like, all right, I'm on my way home. And, but that's our conversation. That's how we used to always do things. It's not impersonal. It's personal. But, um, but as, as we, as we come to an end here, because I want to say something, uh, everybody's always asking me whether it's a soccer club or a baseball club or a fortune, you know, a small private company, what's the se- secret? It's, it's the customer experience. It's, it's putting in more value to them than you expect back, right? So if you're coaching a club, you know, the, 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 the people out there who are coming are your customers. Uh, the people that Ace Hardware are their customers. I mm-hmm. love that Ace Hardware is too, because they stop and talk to you just to your point. They're like, hey, have you ever thought about this for your big green egg? I'm like, I didn't even know what that was. You're not <laughs> going to get that at other places. No. So they may be able to charge a little bit more, but you're not worried about it because they're helping you. Mm-hmm. And so I have a friend that, uh, you know, always, you know, we, we want to be, uh, or I was saying it actually, you know, we, we don't want to be sold, but we want to, you know, serve, don't be, don't sell. You know, uh, if you put that out there and really guide someone and says, you know, I'd love to coach you or I'd love for you to come to my business. But if that's not the best decision for you, we're still friends, yeah. you know, and, and, and sometimes it, when I first met you a long time ago, you were my very first contact and it comes full circle years right. later. Right. And I remember meeting you in the rain and how it all worked, but there's a plan in all that stuff. And it's just. It's not going, hey, man, these guys want to talk about the 80s or whatever. It's saying, you know, some of those time capsule things can give you a great edge in 2021. Don't you agree? Yeah, and, and selfishly, we have to take care of ourselves, right? Yeah. So if you are that kind of person, most of the time people around you have gravitated and it, it's only going to help you. Not only are you helping them, 
but you've surrounded yourself with the people that can selfishly help you the most. So if, if we're talking our kids, which are more than likely the most important things in our lives, we want them to have the best life. We're, we're old now, right? We've had our life. We've, we've had our goods, our bads, and we're still kicking, right? <laughs> and, and when we look at what our legacy is or what we're, Gosh, every night I go to bed making sure my kids are now I still think that way about my parents, my my brothers, my sure, sister, sure. you know, my my relatives, my good friends. You still think that, but when you can surround you, if you're a certain type of person, you can surround yourself with those people that are similar, you're in a great bubble, you're in a great world. And trust is important in that time. And it doesn't take much to be that way. And if if you can find those people and surround yourself with them, then, and again, I, I go back to, you know, little Lawrenceville, when I got here in 2000, there was nothing in that town. It was in that big transition. Now you can walk down around that, the, the square and there's restaurants and stores and, oh, yeah. weeks and, and, and different lawyers and different, you know, advisors. And that's, it's a one-stop shop. And, and what's you, and what's happened? I'm going to cut you off. Dom, Dom, if you've seen just using Gwinnett, you know, Swanee or Peachtree Corners or Lawrenceville or Grayson or Snellville, they've all created that small town feel again right. because people long for going, hey, we live in a big city, but I'd like to actually know somebody at the local store or park. And when you see people at the grocery store and they're friendly, even if you're wearing a mask or not. It, is, it makes you feel like you're not just a number in a big city. Exactly. Uh, we all long to belong. Uh, you and I know that. And so as we come to the end, I just want to thank you, uh, Dom. Seriously, you you are the ultimate relationship guy, a man of integrity. Um, you know, people can see this go like these these guys are just big teddy bears. We'll push as hard as we got to push. <laughs> but we also matter. I think you and I both look at each human holistically and say, what's the best for them? What's our legacy going to be if we impart in that person, our kids, whatever? Because one day when we're not here. That that legacy's well, you know, we only got a certain amount of time. And uh, my friend, you know, you do it the right way. We we all got our, our share of faults, but uh, I just want to thank you uh on behalf of myself and, and our communities for all the stuff you do, all the people you've helped, and just uh, making time to to make our world a better place. And and I appreciate this opportunity to talk to you, but you know, I wish we can do this once a week. You know, we, you we may I, we may we may make it a regular thing because you and I could do this forever. And it's yeah, a, yeah a, just pick a topic and you and I are gonna run with yeah, it. Like you coffee, know? coffee talk with Brian and Dom. I, I'm I'm thinking about that because I get you know I, I just love to have these heartfelt conversations and they're needed. Yeah, and and you know, if for for everyone who follows you and and listens and you know it, there's a reason why you can go to all these small towns in in Georgia and. You can see before we had a million people everywhere, those towns were there, right? Look, mm -hmm. look, you know, these little small towns aren't just all of a sudden being created by us in the 2021. They were there 100 years ago, 60 yep. years ago, 70 years ago. So we're coming back. You know, they're saying that that fashion is coming back in clothing. Yep. You know, those small towns are coming back because we knew that was a great time in our in our history and a great yeah. time in our lives. and and for the right, the right family reasons and the right society reasons. And, and, you know, um, we'll do our best And you know, being here at Pinecrest and being at, at, at Atlanta fire and being in Metro Atlanta, it's very hard for me to say, well, where would I go? Or where should I live? You know, I, I'm very happy with every part of this, this area of, of Metro Atlanta. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We're blessed. You know, there's a lot of nice places in the United States and wonderful places in the world, but 
you know, we got to be a little bit appreciative of what we have right here too. Absolutely. Know? All right, man. Well, well I'm going to be yeah, thinking absolutely. about a, a, a ongoing series for us, but uh, <laughs> thanks my friend, coach, the governor, coach Don Martelli for being on communications. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Ryan. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to close this out. Thanks again for everybody for tuning in to uh, Community Connections. Special guest today, Coach Don Martelli, the governor. Uh, thanks again. Tune in and we will see you soon. This has been the Community Connection Show with Ryan Sowers. Stay on the lookout for new or past shows with community leaders wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to see the video interview of any show, visit communityconnectionstv.com. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we will see you next time.